You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's like, it's like I feel what the shadow monster's feeling. See what he's seeing. Like in the upside down? Some of him is there. But some of him is here too. Here like... In this house? In this house and... In me. It's like... It's like he's reaching into Hawkins more and more. And the more he spreads, the more connected to him I feel. And the more you see these now memories. At first I just felt it. In the back of my head. I didn't even really know it was there. It's like when you have a dream and you can't remember it unless you think really hard. It was like that. But now it's like... Now I remember. I remember all the time. Maybe... Maybe that's good. Good. Just think about it, Will. You're like a spy now. A super spy. Spying on the Shadow Monster. If you know what he's seeing and feeling... Maybe that's how we can stop him. Maybe... All of this is happening for a reason. You really think so? Yeah. Yeah, I really do. What if he figures out we're spying on him? What if he spies back? He won't. How do you know? We won't let him. Hello, happy Friday, doing my little diamond, not very good. Hello and welcome back to another brand new episode 
of Stranger Danger, episode 13, where we discuss episode 5 of Stranger Danger 2, Dig Dug. I got a whole bunch of notes in front of me. I tried something different tonight. Uh, Usually, what I do is I take all these notes in a little notepad. I scribble them down as quickly as I can. And tonight I thought, you know what? I'm going to open up my my computer screen. I'm going to have Netflix on one side, Google Docs on the other side, and I'm going to take notes typing. Turns out I'm a much faster typer than I am writer, I think. Um, But it also turns out that it made me take lots of notes. I have four pages of notes here uh, and more audio than I've ever had uh, before. So this could be a long one um, or it could be short, you know. Or it could be in between. It really, that, that's, how, that's how much I, um, I know going in. But let's not waste any more time. Let's pick up where we left off. Last time we left off with Mike um, going to the buyer's house and trying to see Will. And then Joyce didn't want to let him in. But he's like, it's, it's about the shadow monster. So uh, Joyce obviously... Realizes that Mike knows what's going on, lets him in the house. So this episode picks up in the buyer's house. Joyce is trying to reach Hopper. Again, gets voicemail. She doesn't realize Hopper is in that uh, in the underground of the upside down. Um, and you know she she notices a drawing on Will's wall, um, a drawing one of Will's drawings, and she realizes there's still holes in the ma- in whatever it is she sees in the wall. She doesn't know it's a map. She just knows it's drawings, vines. Um, so she fills in one of the pictures, um, and that's when we cut over to Will and Mike. That's the audio you heard at the beginning, where Will, again, this kid doing an uh, awesome job of acting, uh, explaining to Mike what he's been going through, how he can feel it in him, how he realizes you know it's reaching into Hawkins, it's spreading. It says the more it spreads, the more he feels connected, and now he remembers everything as it's happening all the time. And Mike pretty smartly thinks, you know, hey, this could be a good thing. You could be a spy, like a super spy, spying on the shadow monster. But, of course, what if it spies back? And Mike's like, we won't let him. But, of course, you know, the last time someone told Will to do something, it was uh, Bob telling Will to stand his ground. And, well, that did not work so well. Speaking of Hopper, he is still in the tunnels. He's um, checking it out, walking around. It's basically the upside down, the scary noises. And then he comes across this, like, almost looks like a mouth or an orifice or a butthole, and it spits all this crap. All You know that crap you see floating around the upside down? looks like uh, uh, soap shavings or dusts or I don't know what it is. But this thing kind of spits it off into the air and spits it kind of into Hopper. He breathes it in. He, he passes out. And when he passes out, um, it cuts to the hole that he dug in the ground and the vines moving over to cover up and close him in. We cut over to a motel, and there's uh, young Jonathan and Nancy checking in. Uh, they get a double room, not a single bed. There was a cute little thing there where the, the motel woman was asking them. Uh, and they're kind of sitting there in awkward silence. Um, they, you know, Nancy brings up how it's weird they always hang out when the world is about to end. Uh, they compare their scars from when they cut themselves to attract the Demogorgon. It was a nice kind of uh, character moment for both of them. They touch hands for a second. Then they uh, they both pull away. And, you know, Nancy wonders why after everything he just kind of disappeared. You could see that, obviously, she likes him. Um, 
you know, she said that Will needed him and, you know, Steve, you know, what's he going to do? She's like, I waited for you. It's like, like only a month. That seemed to bother Nancy. Uh, so she turned over and went to bed. I mean, you think about it. The show ended uh, last season. The, the, when the show ended, um, everything that happened, the, a month passed. And that's when Nancy gave and Steve gave Jonathan their camera, the camera, replaced the camera. So a month had passed, and then she got back together with Steve. I guess that's what they're talking about there. So they both go to bed, and uh, we cut over to the following morning at the buyer's house, and young Will wakes up. Will, what's wrong? not good not good at all uh but maybe that will being a spy is actually uh turning out to be a good thing uh, we cut over to hopper speaking of hopper he wakes up uh in the tunnel and he pukes he must have puked up all that crap that he inhaled um but you know we've watched the show right we can go a little ahead of our time later on in the season um dustin also inhales all that crap and apparently nothing happens so there's no um Side effect of that, as far as we know. Uh, but Harper wakes up, grabs his hat, uh, you know, pukes. He tries to find his way out, trying to find the way that he left out, but it's gone. It's closed up. Um, so he tears a piece of his shirt and makes kind of a makeshift mask to help him breathing. Um, and he just starts walking, and he comes across two tunnels, and very smartly. He leaves a broken cigarette out of the tunnel he chooses, marking his path just in case. Which, of course, what's that called? Um, uh, I can't think of it. There's like a um, a trope that if you show something like that, obviously it's going to come into play. And uh, we will get to that later. Uh, but first, we cut over to Lucas's house. Yes, this is the first time we see Lucas's full family. He's having breakfast. Um, with his sister and his parents, and he asks his dad um, how to make a girl not mad at you that you've made mad. And the dad just looks over his newspaper and says, apologize and get her whatever she wants. And he's like, even if she's wrong? And he looks at her and he's like, your mother's never wrong. So, you know, he heads out. Uh, obviously, he's probably heading out to... Uh, Look for Max. And as he he shows him riding away on his bike, he drives right by Dustin's house with Dustin's mother outside looking for Muse, the cat. And you feel bad because um, she goes in the house and she and she sees Dustin's on the phone. He seems to be talking to a neighbor uh, who, who says that he found or he saw the cat way over on the other side of part of town. This is Dustin all doing this, lying to his mother. You can even hear that he's, t- he's talking to a dial tone. He's lying to her to send her on her way and get her far away from the house as possible so that he could take care of Dart because he knows the cat is gone. 
Um, you feel bad for the mom. You feel bad the way he can lie to her so easily, but it's also funny. Um, but you, the moment she walks out, he's like, boom, she's got, he's got bigger things to deal with. So he uh, opens up the storm cell they have outside their house, and then he takes from the fridge a, a bunch of deli meats, and he makes a trail from his bedroom. The door is closed. makes a trail from his bedroom all the way out of the house and up to the, uh, the cellar. Why he didn't go further down in the cellar, I'm not sure. Maybe he did. But he does all this. He, then he dresses up in all his goalie gear, and he goes up to the bedroom, and he opens the door, and he runs for his life. He's like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And he runs out of his house, trails, runs as fast as he can to his shed, locks himself in his shed, um, and he just watches to see if it worked. And, of course, it works. We see Dart coming out, eating the meat, coming out, eating the meat, goes right up to the cellar, right near the cellar, and then turns and looks right into the shed. You can tell he notices that Dustin's in there. Dustin gets brave. He just says, screw it. And he rushes out of there screaming and Dart freaks out. He rushes. He hits the, the, the monster with his hockey stick, knocking it into the cell, locking it down there, closing it up. I'm sorry. You ate my cat. That might have been the line of the whole episode. One of the best lines of the whole series. I'm sorry you ate my cat. Uh, we cut over to a truck pulling up to the side of the road, and uh, we see young Eleven has hitchhiked her way to uh, the Terry Ives house, and he's like, here we are, 515, or 515 Laramie, and she's like, 515, he's like, yeah, you're right, 515. That's a callback, that's a double callback. So the guy says 515 Laramie. When uh, Mike was telling teaching Eleven how to tell time last year, she would say 315. He would say 315, 515. He wouldn't say the time. He would just say the numbers. Earlier this season, she was saying that, and Harper was like, no, no, it's 515. This is the correct way of saying it. So now she is correcting the the truck driver who said 515 to 515. So it's kind of a double callback. You get it? You understand? All right, here we go. She knocks on the door. She goes up to the house. Um, knocks on the door. Her aunt Becky, you know, is like, "Sorry, I'm not buying it. I, I don't care about your religious stuff. I don't care about um, your girls got cookies. Whatever." She's trying to blow it off. Doesn't want to open the door. Walks away. Turns around and sees the door latch open up on its own, and the door open on its own. And she just sit stands there staring at Eleven, who says, "I want to see Mama." Next shot we see is Becky reluctantly leading her to Terry who's sitting in the chair continuously muttering to herself Eleven walks up to her says it's me Jane touches her hand the moment she touches her hand Terry Ives looks right at her but keeps muttering those words over the same words she's repeating over and over and over We cut over to Nancy and Jonathan. Uh, they pull up to this kind of crappy warehouse, and they're like, is this the right spot? And he looks at the address. He's like, yeah, this is the right place. They they walk up to this door. It's like, you know, has all these signs, keep away, stuff like that. Press a buzzer, and you hear a voice, and you realize it's uh, it's Murray Bauman's house. He's that guy, the private in, uh, investigator that Barbara's parents hired. Um, they... He lets him in, and he, it's almost like he's been expecting him the way he says it. He's like, Nancy Wheeler and Jonathan Byers. 
I hope you didn't come all this way to tell me about the bear in Harrington in that Harrington kid's backyard. He ends up uh, leading them into this room where he has tons of research and, and all these pictures and that, that classic cliche of all these pictures with the string and the lines connecting them and all these timeline, um, all these hours and everything, all this evidence. And he says he's like so close to, to cracking uh, Barb's case. And then Nancy kind of bursts his bubble a bit. Timeline's wrong. I'm sorry? Your timeline is wrong. And the girl with the buzzed hair, she's not Russian. She's from Hawkins Lab. Her name was Eleven. You might want to sit down for this. So I love that uh, Murray had all this work done. And he he had a lot of stuff there. But now he was going to finally be brought into the world. He was going to finally be told the truth. He was going to finally know everything that was going on. Uh, speaking of someone who is just about to find out everything going on, uh, we cut over to the arcade where Billy drops off Max. She goes in and sees that Dig Dug is out of order. And the, the kid managing uh, the arcade's like, hey, there's another one back here. And it was all a trick to get her into the back so that Lucas could get her alone. Uh, and talk to her in private, safely, where he could tell her everything. What is this shit, stalker? Sorry, I just needed a safe place. A safe place to what? Be creepy? Listen, I'm gonna tell you the truth about everything that happened last year. But if anyone finds out, you could be arrested. Possibly killed. Killed? I need to know. Do you accept the risk? God, this this is so stupid. Do you accept the risk? Yeah. Sure, fine. I accept the risk. Let's hear it. Last year, Will didn't get lost in the woods. He got lost somewhere else. Oh, uh, now Max is in the know. Max is in the fold. Max apparently knows just about everything going on because Lucas decided to tell her. He went on his own, took a leap. He likes her. He wants her to, to trust them. So he's pulled her into the group. And that's without consulting anyone else in the group. Um, so I'm not sure how they're going to feel about this. But today, this episode, they're kind of all splintered. They're all over the place. Dustin's off trying to uh, uh, trap uh, the monster that everyone else thinks is gone. Uh, Lucas, of course, is trying to woo uh, Max. And Mike is hanging out with Will. Speaking of those two, they're over at the buyer's house. uh, And Will is drawing another thing of where he thinks Hopper is. Uh, He's seen in his dream, so he kind of draws... Um, an area and Joyce and Mike find a space where it would fit stick it in there but now Mike's like now we have to figure out where this is just so happens that Bob the Brain shows up he has a bunch of brain teasers for Will he's like you know when I was a kid and when I was sick and I was sick all the time you know I used to love these brain teasers and I thought is that another it reference where 
these kids think they were sick and they kind of forget about it when they're grown-ups. I don't know. I thought that was something about that just stood out to me. Why was he sick all the time? These just little Easter eggs they're putting in for us. Uh, Joyce tries to show him away, but then uh, she realizes that he's Bob the Brain. Bob the Brain can help. Um, and his reactions to seeing the, dra- the drawings were pretty funny. Uh, but he's like, he's nervous. He is uh, concerned for Joyce. He's concerned for Will. Thinks they don't look good. Thinks they don't look right. Um, and he sees all these drawings, everything. And you could tell, I mean, he's, he's a little, I mean, I guess the, the word would be concerned of what all this is. Now, what it means, what the hell's going on. And then he notices something. What? What is it? I know that shape. It's Lover's Lake. It's Lover's Lake. I get it. Okay, I get it. That's Lake Jordan. And if that's Lake Jordan, then you probably find... Yeah, that's uh, Sattler's Quarry. And then if you just follow it naturally, it moves to... The Eno River. And there it is. That's the Eno. Do you see it? Okay, so the lines aren't roads, but they act like roads. And they act like roads because if you follow them, you'll see they don't go over water. And that's the giveaway. That's the giveaway. Ah! Don't you get it? It's not a puzzle. It's a map. It's a map of Hawkins. Huh. Right, Will? It's a map. Yeah, that's for you Star Wars nerds out there. I'm one of you. And it's all happening next week. Uh, it's a, But anyway, I don't want to get off topic. It's a map. It is a map of Hawkins. Uh, and hopefully that'll help them find Hopper because he's still in those tunnels. He can't get a radio signal out. He comes across an area. He sees like some of the vines move a little bit. Um, and so he gets the idea of taking out his lighter and he notices that they kind of recoil at the fire. So he makes a torch, uh, on this stick or bone. I don't know what it was, uh, and his shirt and he makes the torch and he starts burning away at some of the vine. He starts ripping and punching and tearing at it. Uh, hopefully he's trying to find himself a way out. We cut over to Dustin's house, and he's burying his cat. Uh, it's sad, but while he's burying his cat, he's calling all the guys. Um, code Red, Code Red, nobody's picking up. Hey, guys, nobody's there. Where is everybody? Hopper's not picking up. He tries, and it, it, while it's kind of him burying the cat and cleaning up the mess that he had from, you know, the cat. Um, and Erica, who's Lucas's sister, picks up, and she tells him to shut up and turns off the walkie-talkie. That was pretty funny. We cut over to uh, the Ives house and Terry's, Terry Ives' sister Becky is talking with Eleven, trying to kind of figure out what exactly is going on. I just need a little help understanding, sweetie, okay? Can you tell me where you came from? Where you've been all this time? A policeman and a woman came looking for you last year. Did they find you? She won't get better. Will she? 
I don't think so, no. But she's not in any pain. She's just stuck, I think. Like in a dream. A long dream. A good dream. I hope so. Is it the same dream? We don't know. Sometimes she says different words, but usually those. Okay, so the first thing I thought of when she said sometimes she says different words, but usually those. That explains why she didn't say those words in season one. I haven't gone back, but I'm almost positive she's not saying those words in season one. Um, and I drop my notes everywhere. She didn't say uh, those, because she didn't say those words in season one, now they kind of have the built-in, well, sometimes she says different words. See, I, that's the cynic in me or the the way, in a way, actually, it's not the cynic in me. I'm just glad they said that because that explains why she didn't say those words in season one. See, now there's at least an explanation, even if the explanation had to kind of be put in there um, to fill in the gap. Again, that could just be me overthinking it. But she goes on to say that, you know, she never lost faith in you. She always wanted to bring you home. And Levin's like, home? And, um... That's when she brings her into the nursery that would have been Eleven's room. Um, she shows her kind of... And she tells her, you know, if you want to get a bed and stay here, you, you can. Um, and Eleven's like, yeah, okay. She's like, yeah. The only thing is, at some point, you got to kind of talk to me and tell me what's, you know, tell me who you are, what's going on. It doesn't have to be today, but at some point. And Eleven kind of notices the light flickering. And Becky's like, you know, that happens from time to time. Old house, old wiring. Said her crazy aunt thinks, you know, the house is haunted. Um, but Eleven just looks at it and sees um, another light flickering. And she she goes from one light to the next light. And then another light flickers, kind of leading her on a path. And you realize, and Eleven realizes, that these lights are calling her. They're beckoning her. And it's her mother. The last light leads her right to uh, right back outside her mother's room. It's Mama. So blue. Rainbow. Read the right. What in the left? I, I don't understand. 450. She knows I'm here. <laughs> So her mother brought her right into the room, then changed all the channels to get to the static because she knows that's what's needed for them to be able to connect in the void. I don't even think I caught that the first time I saw the static. Then I went back to get the sound, even the second time maybe. Then I went to get the sound effect and I realized, wait a second, she's putting on the static. That's why she said she wants to talk, which of course everyone else got and for some reason it went over my head for a moment. Um, which is really makes it perfect that I'm, I'm the perfect guy to, to be doing a podcast about this show. Anyway, uh, we cut back over to Bob, Mike, Will, and Joyce and they are 
working on the map. Bob has out a map with a ruler, and he's kind of uh, telling Joyce and, and Mike where to go. They're standing with measurement tapes and Will's there helping out, and they're trying to figure out exactly where, uh, you know, how the map works, the distances and where things are to try to figure out where that one point is. And it seems like Hopper has figured it out. Um, so they're like, awesome, great. Joyce grabs the map, kisses him on the cheek, and then boom, we're out of here. And Bob's like, we're, we're actually going there? We're, we're, we're really going there right now? Meanwhile, over at the Wheeler house, Dustin shows up. Uh, he's looking for Mike. There's actually a really funny back and forth between Dustin and Mike's dad where he's like, where's Mike? Where's Nancy? He's like, oh, our kids don't actually live here anymore. He's like, son of a bitch. And his dad's like, language. Um, but when he's leaving the house, he sees Steve showing up with the flowers. He's like, oh, are those flowers for Mr. and Mrs. Wheeler? So he's being a wise ass. And he's like, no, they're for Nancy. Oh, good. Nancy's not here. Come on, let's go. You still have that bat? He's like, what are you talking about? I'll tell you on the way. And he's like, right now? And right at that moment, a new bro couple is born. Steve and Dustin, who fast become friends, but it all started at that moment. Now, back in the Upside Down Underground, in the Upside Down Underground, Hopper is trying to dig his way out. And the way they show it, it looks like he's making progress. He's like digging, digging, and it looks like he's in this tunnel like John McClane. And then they cut and they just see his legs dangling out the back. He didn't get anything done. He, it's, it's useless. He's exhausted. He sits down for a smoke. And uh, that's when the vines kind of start crawling over him and completely incapacitate him. It's frightening. Now, back over at the arcade, Lucas finally finished telling Max everything. And she's like, oh, that's, that's great. You know, nice story. I wish it had a little more originality. It was very derivative. And I think that was a poking of any critics of season one of Stranger Things. I think that's what that was. Um, she just doesn't buy it. She thinks he's, he's full of crap. And she's kind of, you know, jokes about it, makes fun of him. He grabs her and he's like, he's very serious. He puts his hand over his mouth at one point. He's like, you could get us killed. And she's like, you are serious. He's like, yes. She goes, prove it. And of course, that's when Billy shows up. To, uh, and he notices that they're hanging out, or at least they were near each other. And Billy does not like Lucas, probably because Billy's a super racist. But at least Max might believe him now, or at least doesn't think he's being full of crap. Being full of crap is not very, um, doesn't seem like a term. Oh, he is being full of crap. It sounds like a term that someone is learning English for the first time. So we cut back over to Nancy and Jonathan and Murray. And uh, Nancy is playing Murray, the recording he has, she has, of Dr. Owens. We bring to ourselves like the Hollands know the truth, the more likely that scenario becomes. You see why I have to stop the truth from spreading too, same as those weeds there, by whatever means necessary. So, is it enough? The tape recording, is it enough? It's, is it incriminating?
are you doing? Thinking. With vodka. It's a central nervous system depressant, so yes, with vodka. Music, really? Yes, it helps me. I think. Longer if you keep talking. Is the tape incriminating or not? It's a simple question. Oh, there's nothing simple about it. Nothing simple about anything you've told me. You don't believe this, do you? I believe you, but that's not the problem. You don't need me to believe you. You need them to believe you. Them? Them. With a capital T. Your priest, your postman, your teacher, the world at large. They won't believe any of this. That's why we made the tape. Oh, that's easy to bury. Easy. He admits it. You heard it. He admits culpability. You're being naive, Nancy. Those people, they're not wired like me and you, okay? They don't spend their lives trying to get a look at what's behind the curtain. They like the curtain. It provides them stability, comfort, definition. This... This would open the curtain and open the curtain behind that curtain, okay? So the minute someone with an ounce of authority calls bullshit, everyone will nod their heads and say, see? Ha! I knew it! It was bullshit. That is, if you even get their attention at all. So you're saying we did all of this for nothing? I'm saying I'm thinking. Oof. Oof. Ridiculous. That's it. That's it. What's it? It's just too strong. Too strong. Better. Perfect. We water it down. Precisely. Wait, what? Your story. We moderate it. Just like this drink here. We make it more tolerable. Perhaps Barbara was exposed to some dangerous toxins. A leak from the lab. Like Three Mile Island or something. Something scary but familiar. Close enough that it hits the man right where it hurts. And those assholes that killed Barb. They'll go down. Oh, I realize that audio was long, but I don't care, because I thought it was great stuff, and I wanted to hear it all again. Um, but you're talking about those a-holes at the Hawkins Lab. Speaking of Hawkins Lab, we get a little moment with them, uh, where a scientist is kind of showing Dr. Owens all the soil from the farm. And he's like, well, it's soil. Everything seems normal until he applies some heat to it. So once heat applies to this thing, it starts spinning. Almost like it's almost like in a centrifuge or a, a uh, tornado, but it the and it rises and spins. Um 
But the crazy thing is, is the one they their heating is spinning, and all the other ones are spinning as well, showing that they're all connected in some way. Now we cut back to the Ives house. Becky has cut some cloth for Eleven's eyes. She they have the TV set on static, ready to go, and uh, Eleven goes into the void. She goes right up and she starts talking to Terry and Terry turns and touches her. And that's when the cuckoo banana stuff starts happening. She starts seeing kind of everything that Terry wants her to see from her ch- from her being pregnant to her birth. Sometimes she's seeing things through Terry's eyes. She's hearing uh, her sister say, breathe, breathe. She sees Dr. Brenner in the, in the uh, operating room, in the delivery room. Um, she sees... Uh, the the time where Becky tells her that Jane had died, uh, and Terry's freaking out and blaming Brenner and saying she's not dead. I saw her; she's alive. We see her in 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 some place in a room in her house with a safe, taking a gun from the safe. She's saying three to the right, four to the left. We see her going to the Hawkins lab. She pulls out a gun and shoots a guard. She rampages through the you know rampages. She's walking through the halls and she sees a room with a rainbow. And she opens the door and she sees Jane. She sees her daughter. She knows she's there. And she sees another girl, an Indian girl. And if you remember from the season opener, we saw that girl with the eight on her tattooed on her arm. Um, But right when she gets near her daughter, the guards take her away. We see her in a room now uh, where where Brenner is there and he's giving her electroshock therapy. We see the guy giving her the shock therapy and he says 450. And, you know, she shocks him with that. And she's just been reliving these moments over and over and over and over. Breathe, breathe, three to the right, four to the left, uh, rainbow, 450. Over and over and over. And you realize that that's why she's repeating these these things, because that's what's going through her head over and over and over and over. And she finally shows Eleven it. Eleven just comes out of the trance, and she's just, like, freaked out. She's exhausted. She's scared of what she just saw. Now we cut over to Bob Joyce, Mike, and Will. And they're driving out looking for whatever they're looking for. They all know they're looking for Hopper except for Bob. He's just kind of following along. Joyce is driving. And they're, they're trying to use the map, trying to figure out where they're going. And all of a sudden, Will, you just see him kind of like, you know, shaking a little bit. He goes, turn right. And you realize he, he can, he's using his now memories to figure out exactly where Hopper is. And, you know, they, they, and he's like, turn right again. And they, they pull, they almost hit a, um, like a sign. They smash through a sign and they're speeding right along. And boom, they stop right in front of Hopper's um, truck. And Bob's like, what's Jim's truck doing here? Joyce jumps out, sees the hole, climbs into the hole, sees the vines, and yells at Bob to, you know, give her a shovel. He, she smashes it right through the vines. I mean, she's like, she figuring out something's going on, yells at Bob to get her down there. That's crazy. He's like, Bob, she just yells at Bob, and eventually Bob will do, um, you know, what she says once he yells. Um, so she goes into the hole, and Bob follows her down there, and he's like, are we in Will's map? We're, we're in Will's map. Are we in Will's map? We're in Will's map. He keeps saying it over and over. It's pretty funny. Meanwhile, um, you know, Joyce is just screaming for Hopper, screaming, yelling his name. They, um, they finally come across the, the exact same two tunnels, and of course there is Hopper's cigarette, exactly why he left it there for this moment. 
Joyce is all gung ho. She's like, let's go. Bob's like, uh, okay. And up on the, at the top of the, uh, you know, the up on solid ground, Mike and Willow, they got out of the car, but they're just kind of sitting there waiting. Um, he's asked, Mike asked, Will, can you see anything? He's like, no. And then all of a sudden, all those vans shut, start showing up from Hawkins lab. Uh, they all start piling in and back in the upside down underground, Joyce and Bob Feinhopper, they see him in the, in the vines. And they're like, Oh my God. And they, it's choking him and they cut him out. They get him out. They pull him up. She's like, you're right. You're right. And it's, it was very funny. He goes, uh, hi Bob. Hi Jim. Um, and they're, they're just about to leave and boom, a Hawkins lab guy, uh, shows up and he's like, get out, get out, get out. And then he takes his flamethrower and he starts to light up the vines. And, well, this happens to Will. And, well, then this happens. What a sound. That Was that the sound of the burning vines or the sounds coming out of Will? It sounded like a mixture of both, but the connection between him and this mind flayer has come f- like full circle. I mean, that, I don't know if that's the correct way of using full circle, um, but it's, it's come to a head, maybe that's it, where the thing is being burned probably because of something that Will did, and now Will is suffering because of that. I mean, they, or Will is just suffering because the, the Mind Flayer, the, the shadow monster, is suffering as well. But, oh, what a crazy way to end the episode. Will just gyrating and, and uh, freaking out and just shrieking in a, in a horrible, horrible way um, with his mother not there to know what's going on. But that's how the episode ends. That's how episode five, Dig Dug, ends. Oh boy, what did we learn? That's what I like to do at the end of episode. Every end of Bipitupu, at the end of every episode, I like to go through and say, "Hey, what did we learn?" Well, we learned that Nancy and Jonathan have a plan that involves that investigator Murray, and Murray has a plan that he would he has a grand idea of slowly. Um, but masterfully way, this is an English language, um, but he has a plan He of not hitting them over the head with all the craziness, but giving them part of it, enough that makes it realistic, makes it real enough that everyone will buy into it and Hawkins will be going down. Uh, we learned that Dustin um, had to cover uh, for the fact that uh, Dart ate his cat, Sent his mom on a wild goose chase, buried uh, Muse, and then figured out a way to get Dart locked into the cellar. Um, he feels bad about it, but hey, it ate his cat. Um, Lucas, we learned uh, his, you know, he wants to uh, get Max back in his good graces, and he realized that to do that, he needs to tell her 
the truth and tell her everything. Did she buy it? Not quite right away, but you see there's some sort of connection between the two of them. And um, he's he he probably did get through to her, but not before Billy came and picked her up uh, and got really mad at the fact that he was she was hanging out with him again. We learned that Hopper is trapped or was trapped. Um, he saw that fire hurt it, but he, he probably saw that before when um, when uh, they were burning it. Um, he tr- couldn't get out. He was pretty much, you know, all Hopper learned was that there's tunnels, really. He knew there were tunnels, and when he was done, he knew there were tunnels. I don't think he, might, he picked up on much of anything, to be honest with you. Um, Bob learned a lot. Well, Bob learned that there's some crazy stuff going on. Uh, and now he's part of it, and Joyce is part of it, and Will is part of it. He learned that, uh, that Will can somehow magically draw a map of the whole of Hawkins. Um, we learned that it's a map, thanks to Bob. We learned that the Hawkins lab now knows that some, some craziness is going on, probably because of they saw the, the nuttiness going on with the soil. And I think the only other thing we learned is that um, Mike realized that Will's now memories can be used against uh, the shadow monster as a way of a super spy. Oh, and of course, Dustin and Steve are um, on a path of becoming great friends. But I think that pretty much covers it. Um, We left off with Lucas on his own, Dustin with Steve, Jonathan and Nancy are with Murray. Joyce and Jim and Bob are all coming up from the tunnels where they'll find um, Mike and Will. Of course, Will's not doing very good. I think that pretty much covers everything. Right? Yeah, I think it does. And you know what, folks? That's it. I thought this was going to be an extra long episode because of all the audio clips, but it turns out I just talked less. Uh, I know I played a four-minute audio clip, but I don't care. It was I enjoyed it so much that I'm going to listen to it again. Um, and at this point, I just want to say to you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for downloading. If you like the sound of my voice and you want a brand new car... Okay. Um, why don't you go over to iTunes right now and leave me a review? I will randomly pick one of those reviews and I will not actually give you a car, but I will I will wish that you could win a car. How's that? And you know, really if if you don't have wishes in the world, what do you have? Okay? I don't have money to give you. I don't have cars to give you. I don't have anything to give you except my gratitude, and I appreciate it. You can find me Mikey C on Twitter at Geek Mentality. The website is fansnotexperts.com. This is the podcast. It's Stranger Danger, but it's also part of the Geek Mentality podcast. If you subscribe to Geek Mentality, you already get this, and you're going to get um, what's bound to be my Star Wars episode. It's going to be coming out pretty, pretty soon. Um, and, I mean, what else do I got to tell you? Oh, we have a couple new podcasts coming to fansnotexperts.com. My cousin is doing a Metallica podcast called the Metallicast, and that kind of spawned me or spurred me 
or got me excited about a podcast I used to do years ago called the Maiden Fan Podcast, a podcast all about Iron Maiden. So I found all the old episodes, and I'm going to stop putting those back up. There's going to be a podcast. There's going to be iTunes. All those are going to go back up. And then, then the fun happens. Then the new episodes start happening. Because why not? Why not? I'm very tired, and I'm done. And until next Friday, you know, be safe. If you're in the snow like I am tomorrow, shovel. Be careful. And, uh, but beyond anything else, all you have to do is believe in the magic of Christmas. <laughs> and beware. Beware? Beware. The Shadow Monster. I'm going to go watch the end of the Celtics game now. Goodbye. Fans not experts.